I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Lost on Radio from Right Chord Music. In the next 30 minutes, we'll bring you incredible new, undiscovered, and underappreciated music from around the world. We provide links to every artist we feature on Lost on Radio, so please visit rightcordmusic.com and click on the Lost on Radio tab for more information. Hi, you're listening to Lost on Radio. Yo, listen up, this is Cody from High Tide. Hello! Hi! Hello, we are the Mispers. Hello, music fans. We're the band Queen Chief. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Skylar from Remedies. We are Talison. I'm Kitty Finer. Hi, I'm Eliza Hull. Oh, hi. You're listening to the sweet, sweet harmonies of the Deadline Shakes. And you are listening to Lost on Radio from Right Chord Music. Hello and welcome along to a very special episode of Lost on Radio from Right Chord Music. This week, we're going to talk about Project Rebel. There is a new scene emerging. It started in Birmingham and it's spreading across the internet. Built around one of the most exciting new live bands in the country. This is Broken With Rebels. Hear what the fans are saying and add your voice. Search Broken With Rebels online or catch them live at this year's Latitude Festival. Broken With Rebels, powered by fans. I'm Danny Cole. I'm Luke Davies. I'm James Frank. I'm JD. We are the Broken Wit Rebels. Yeah! It means the world. I'm blown away. Flabbergasted. This is last day at work. Wow, he's going to be famous. I'm Batman. I found the Rebels on Facebook. It's a great new band on the scene. Had to go and see them live. They were so good. We've just come off the Jack Rock stage, been nailing it. Why not Festival and Latitude Festival, all in less than 10 days? We're looking to put together a proposal. Oh, <laughs> this is James's reaction. Our first Facebook advertising has just gone live. Smashing it. Doing a music video for tomorrow for Guns. <laughs> So what is Project Rebel and uh, how did it come about? Well, um, I'm going to take you back two years um, and uh, and tell you a bit about my day job as well. So outside of running Right Call Music, uh, I actually have a a serious proper job uh, which pays a mortgage working for MEC. MEC is a big uh, media agency and I work in the sponsorship and partnerships and content division. And uh, two years ago, myself and my colleague Sophie Neville set up uh, MEC Music Week. Uh, and it's kind of a week-long conference designed to, to get our clients fired up about all different ways they could use music to, to solve their, their problems. Um, so thinking beyond the obvious, so I guess if you think about brands uh, working music, you tend to think of big music festivals or you think of big artist partnerships, you know, like Beyonce's of this world. And what we wanted to say was actually, you know, you don't have to be a Coke or a Pepsi to work in music. 
lots of different brands can get involved in lots of different ways. So you could you know, support community initiatives or work with unsigned artists. You could work with music media or music tech, you know, lots of different opportunities. So we did that for two years. We had lots of different speakers, lots of different panel de- discussions and debates. And also we had live music sessions in, in the office every day, uh, acoustic sessions from up and coming artists. Uh, and it went really well. And, um, and then last December, we were challenged by the team at MEC to take an aspect of MEC Music Week over to Cannes. Uh, so every summer, the media industry decamps to Cannes for, um, I guess, a celebration of, of best practice and, and creativity. And this year, they were launching Cannes Entertainment Lines. So as the name suggests, you know, a, a focus on entertainment and, and music and, and so forth. So could we take some aspect of MEC Music Week to Cannes? And we said, well, rather than just doing the obvious panel discussion, um, which would be fair, have been a lot easier, uh, we decided to come up with a bigger idea. Okay? And that big idea was to take an unsigned band and try and break that unsigned band in just 10 weeks using the power of media. So no record label support, just playing to our strengths and using our relationships to, to try and further that band's career. Um, so, yeah, a pretty big, pretty big task, right? So... Um, I, I, I want to sort of talk about, I guess, my journey to Project Rebel. We're going to talk about what we did and how we did it and show you some, well, not really show you anything, I'll tell you about the results. But um, my journey, personal journey to Project Rebel, probably started um, back in about 2011 when I set up Rightful Music. And back then, the, the ambition for Rightful Music, as it still is today, is to try and give uh, unsigned bands, independent artists, those people who don't necessarily have the the power of a record label behind them, uh, a stage, a digital stage of some description to promote their music. Because I, I fundamentally believe that actually you don't have to be signed to make incredible music. And there's so many talented bands out there who just don't have you know, the, the money or the know-how to, to get their music out there. Um, so it was about this kind of moment of collision between my personal passion for, for rightful music uh, and Sophie, who I mentioned, my colleague at MEC, and we, who also is a big music fan, and we said, well, what if we could bring some of our personal passion into our day job? What if we could use and unlock some of the talent in MEC and some of our relationships with media to give bands a bigger digital stage? So we had two very clear objectives for this project. One, to get more people to hear an incredible new band. And secondly, what we wanted to do was to create a new promotional model, which was specifically designed for unsigned bands to give them a chance to carry on making music and make them sustainable um, so they can actually you know, earn a living from the thing they love doing, which is making music. So regardless of a record label or not, uh, they had a kind of plan in place. Now, two very big challenges. Um, I think I've spoken enough, so I'm going to now play you some of the music. So this is um, a live version of Low, and Low is the lead single from our band, Broken Whip Rebels' uh, current EP called George Pine. Uh, and this was the first piece of content, uh, it was a live video we put on Facebook at the start of Project Rebels.
Powerful stuff by Broken Whip Rebels. That was low, a live version recorded at the Wavemaker, NBC Wavemaker launch party. And uh, it's probably at this point worth me explaining why in God's earth uh, my company allowed me to do this. Um, I think I said at the start that I work for NBC Wavemaker, and Wavemaker is our kind of content and partnerships and sponsorship division. And we just launched, and in fact, that was a launch party. And um, the reason the company got behind this was that this was actually a great demonstration of what we do for our clients. Typically, when we work for clients, we can't show all the results. You know, it's kind of client proprietary, so we can't just say, you know, this is what we achieve for this brand. But for a band, uh, we absolutely could just lift the lid and say, this is what we do, it's our process from start to finish, and these are all the results we achieved. So a kind of living and breathing case study of what we do for our, our clients on a daily basis brought to life through the power of music, which is pretty, pretty compelling. And uh, I tell you what, it was a great, great project to work on. Um, but so I said just before we played that track um, that, you know, we wanted to create this new uh, promotional model for, for music. Um, I'm going to talk to you a bit more about that in a second. Um, but when we first started this project, one of the first things we went to do was we went to speak to a bunch of people within the music industry to say, well, how would you go about breaking your band um, in 10 weeks? Um, and what they said almost unequivocally was that you need a great single uh, and of course you need a great band. Uh, and we had a great we had a great band, but we I guess we hadn't really thought about what breaking a band really meant. And um, and suddenly I guess Sophie and I were thinking, Christ, this is actually quite scary because we we have you know potential to find a great band. That's pretty straightforward. But knowing what's coming next um, is tricky because you know how do we know? Will they come up with a great single? Um, so I guess at that point we freaked out. We'd sold this idea into Can. Uh, Can had bought it, and we see had bought it, and we were like, Jesus, how are we going to deliver on this? Uh, but then I think we had a bit of an epiphany. We kind of went away and said, well, actually, we're a media agency, right? So we can't influence radio. So this idea of you know the single, the single will be the thing that breaks a band, doesn't really doesn't really mean anything to us because we can't get a song on radio. We have no power to get radio stations to play music. That's not what we do for our clients on a daily basis. It's not what we can do for this band. Um, so then we sort of took a step back and said, well, let's do some research around this and really figure out what's going on in the unsigned independent artist space. And we found that every time an unsigned band um, put out a single, uh, if they were kind of promoting it and sort of doing all the things you're, you're told you're supposed to do, so from recording it to producing it to mixing it to mastering it, making a video, hiring a radio plugger, a PR person, you're spending around £5,000 every time you put out a track, right? Um, you know, 1,000 on radio plugging, 1,000 on PR, straight away. Um, and um, for an unsigned band, that's obviously, well, for anyone, that's an incredible amount of money. And that's a model that everyone has to follow. But if you, if you, if you work in the music industry, that's how you promote your music. That's what you're told. So whether you're a major label artist or an unsigned band, to get your music famous, you have to get on the radio, you have to get impressed, you have to play a load of shows. But the problem being that you're not getting anything, any return. Uh, if you're Beyonce and you put your track on and you pay your money for your radio plugger, you're probably going to get you know guaranteed loads of radio play on Radio One, right? You're going to get build some momentum, some momentum behind your music, or you're going to get in the front page of NME. But for our bands, just weren't getting that. So we said we have to create an approach which is right for us as a media agency, it plays to our strengths and also plays to the the needs of our artist. So this is what we came up with. We said let's shift our focus from listeners to fans, right? So going back to the radio analogy, um, when a song gets played on radio for the first time, 
you're not getting heard by fans, you're getting heard by listeners. And my hope is those listeners to that radio station will hear that track, remember that track, remember your name, and then track on over to find you online or engage with you in some way and become a fan. All right? Now, again, if you're Beyonce and you're getting played seven times a day or you know, once a week for the next five weeks, then you can probably build fans quite easily because people will start to hear that track, remember that track, and obviously become fans. But for our band um, and unsigned bands, you might get one spot play you know, at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday night on a regional radio station, and that's it. There's no momentum. It's really hard. So there's a lot of wastage there. People are listening and not becoming fans. So we said, forget the listeners. Let's go to where the fans are already congregating. Uh, and uh, that means social media. So the channels we can control rather than the channels we can't control is a media agency. So Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all of those places provide an opportunity for us to engage and talk to people who are already interested with the band. Um, and then the second point is kind of connected to the first. So we said, again, forget radio, right? So we can't afford to spend £1,000 on a radio plug on the, on the off chance that that track will get played. And we know that radio stations are dominated by major label artists and then indie labels. So if you are going to get any radio play, you're going to get the odd spot play. You won't get a big momentum. So we said, let's, again, let's go to where we can control and really focus our energies on getting plays on Spotify rather than radio. So that means getting the band making playlists, it means getting the fans making playlists, getting the fans sharing the band's playlist and getting as much bars as possible on Spotify, knowing that if you're an unsigned band, every time a track is played, you are earning income, right? Small amounts of income, which can soon start adding up if you get the play count high enough. And we know from our research that there's some bands out there, and I know one of them particularly well because I manage them, the Daydream Club. The Daydream Club are currently outperforming every major label signed priority artist on Spotify, right? Incredible stuff for an unsigned band. So they are getting over a million streams every month. They've had over 12 million streams in total. And that provides them with an income which is sustainable and allows them to carry on making music. And that's what we wanted to try and do with Breaking Rebels as well. So focus their energies away from things they couldn't afford, radio, which weren't delivering, and focus their energies onto things which they could give them an income, Spotify. The final point was new music versus new to me. So the music industry is typically obsessed with new music. And if you've ever tried to promote a single for a band, which I have, <laughs> to, my, to my sins, um, you kind of have to set up this release date, this kind of fictional release date, which is to say, this is when this track is coming out, right? And you have to do all your work before that, in the eight to ten weeks. And that's where the ten-week period came from. Um, and then once that deadline has passed, once that date has been passed, the music industry doesn't care. It, if it's old... They're not interested. Um, there's a guy who used to run the, the Guardian New Band A Day blog. He used to say, if the CD arrives on my desk, it's too late. I want to hear about the band before we're released. Um, and that's kind of how the music industry is set up, all about the new single, the next single, the next single. But what we said, again, is if we're not, we're not focusing on singles, if we're focusing on the entire catalogue, and we're focusing on um, the music that the band have on Spotify... Um, then it changes everything, right? So two things. One, we can actually promote the entire back catalogue. So for our band, Broken Whip Rebels, they had 15 tracks when we started this project. So all 15 tracks, if you don't like one, you can listen to another, you can listen to another. That gives us so much opportunities for storytelling throughout our campaign. We wanted to make the band famous, not one single. And secondly, we discovered that, you know, again, the way people consume music now has changed. Um, our research on Spotify found that the average Spotify playlist has 
uh, tracks which are released over a 15-year period. So Spotify aren't just giving you new music, they're giving you music. And if you like that music, you don't care when it's released. When was the last time you Googled when was that track released? You just, you just don't do it. That's not how it works, right? So the benefit for us is that every track, uh, pretty much, that people would be hearing would be hearing it for the first time because not many people have heard of Broken Book Rebels or Star Wars Project. So, um, so then our principles shift from listeners to fans, shift from radio from Spotify, shift from single promotion to catalogue promotion, and shift from new music to new to me. And there were our principles that set us up so we're going to play some music and then we're going to come back and talk about how we decided on Broken Wet Rebels Wiz Project. This is the next single. This is Georgia Pine, the lead single from the Georgia Pine EP by Broken Wet Rebels.
So that was Georgia Pine, the title track from the Georgia Pine EP by Broken Wick Rebels. That single is out on September the 2nd. Um, and the first thing that people always ask us about this project is, how on earth did you choose a band? What was the process? And uh, obviously, I had the benefit of Right Call Music, so I get sent a ton of music, um, which is brilliant for me. Uh, and Sophie uh, also goes to lots of gigs. So between the two of us, we kind of felt like we had a pretty good start point. We actually drew up a list uh, of around about 200 bands um, that we wanted to, to potentially include uh, within Project Rebel. And um, so we didn't, we personally didn't have any kind of auditions. We, we didn't want to make this kind of like an X Factor thing. This is about us identifying the bands we thought and artists which we thought were incredible. Um, and then we, we created this big spreadsheet um, uh, of kind of logical measures and metrics. And, uh, but really, when it came down to it, um, you know, you can have all of, those, all of those things in place in terms of number of fans and that kind of business, but there has to be a, an emotional response to the music. Um, so when you see this band, Broken Wheel Rebels, live the first time, it, it kind of moves you. And that, that's, that kind of emotion is what we were really looking for. Uh, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Um, so I'm going to just play you uh, just a little audio clip of, of our process and, and talking about how we narrow down to that choice. This is our spreadsheet of dreams. Um, I think we've got about 150 bands or so. Facebook, Twitter, identity, current level of PR, support in the industry, and then ultimately, which is the most important thing, do we love it? And we need to get down to a short list. Yeah. Shock nature. Cool, so this is a band that's been around for a long time. Overcoats. This is the US thing. It's when we're real, isn't it? They'll work their asses off. Yeah, they want it, don't they? We've been crafted so hard to be heard, to be seen. We're always confident in our music, and we always found we haven't had a voice to be heard. Our managers just give us a call and said that we've just been selected to be working on this project with MEC. Um, we're, we're not entirely sure what it means exactly, but we know it's going to be great. Doing that, but we are going to give up our, personally our job Sunday. Concentrate purely on the, the band. Broken with Rebels is going to be our job, and we're just really excited to see what comes with MEC. We're the Broken with Rebels. I'm Danny, and I'm the lead singer. I'm Luke, and I play the bass. I'm JD, and I play the drums. James, I play guitar. We're looking forward to working with you on Project Rebel, and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah! So there's two things about that clip which I'm just going to draw your attention to. The first one was when they found out that they'd been chosen for this project. And I think Sophie and I were hoping that their reaction was going to be, you know, just wild celebration. And actually it wasn't, it was fairly tempered. And I think it's because they didn't really understand what was going to happen to them. And I think... In reality, at that point, I don't think we really knew what was going to happen on this project either. It was a bit of a kind of a, a mystery ride. Um, the second point, which happened pretty quickly, was a few days later, uh, we found out that they were all giving up their day jobs to focus on Breakman Rebels and obviously make a success of this project too. And suddenly that became really serious because we were like, Jesus, we are, we are kind of messing with people's lives here. You know, they've given up their jobs um, because they believe that this summer we can actually make... A, you know, a real step change in their careers. We can't screw this up. You know, this, this isn't, isn't just fun anymore. This is actually about ensuring that, you know, four guys from Birmingham uh, have a chance of success. Um, so that really did focus the mind. So we needed to plan. We needed to plan pretty quickly. And uh, because, you know, 10 weeks is not a lot, a lot of time to do this. Um, so we started with what 
as a media entity, what we do best, we, we started to try and understand the audience. So who's the current fan base? Uh, and also, who, who could be our future fan base? Who can we reach out to? Um, so through a, a mixture of our own insight tools and also working with Facebook, Facebook actually gave us access to this thing called Facebook uh, Fan API. We were the first people uh, in the UK, I believe, to actually look at this data and really understand how people engage with music. We also had um, an incredible and talented guy within our agency called John Clavis who did some great research to understand how bands break. Um, so he looked at the kind of the tipping point bands, you know, the bands that have been featured on those sort of BBC lists for the last few years to say, what are the spikes? When, when do you see a, um, a spike engagement? What's happening in their career at that time? Uh, and what it kind of came down to was actually, it's not about one thing, it's about continuous momentum. So we can't just do one thing and hope that's going to be it. We need to have a story of lots of different peaks of interest over 10 weeks and hopefully beyond as well. Um, and so momentum is really important. And we also found out that actually the other thing which is really important is, is influencers. So getting people uh, who are influential talking about and sharing this music, that was going to be really important as well. Um, so we kind of did all that analysis. We looked at Spotify data, we looked at the Facebook data, as I've said, um, and uh, what we also then did is to, you know, really immerse ourselves in the band. Um, so we set up a session um, in the um, St Pancras Hotel, which is where they filmed the Spice Girls wannabe video. Uh, obviously, great location for a rock band um, to really get under the skin and find out what made the band tick, and that would hopefully give us an angle and a story to tell throughout this campaign. Oh, you got the ticket for next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent! What yeah. time we get in there? About half seven, eight. Yeah, we're about half eight. The band that you guys are most interested in is Broken Brick Rebels, one of our best bands. Um, they've been coming here for about three years now. Uh, regular, serious about what they do, professional about what they do. And they approached me whether they could use a unit um, for one of their videos. So I said, yeah, and that's the first time I'd heard their music. Wow, what a tune, what a sound. One of the best bands I've ever seen. I saw the billboards for Broken Whip Rebels. I thought I'd give them a go. Uh, the EP's great. I even got a chance to see them live in Birmingham, and they're even better live than they were on the EP. Stage presence, the vocals, the guitar, everything was perfect. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Finding new people yeah. and discovering something as special as that was. I mean, that was, that was just yeah. incredible. It's like... The Broken Whip Rebels put on a party and you're invited. So when I think back to that session at the St Pancras Hotel, I think a couple of things kind of stuck in my, in my head. Um, firstly, that live is a really important part for this band. When you see this band live for the first time, as I've said before, it has an impact on you. So part of our strategy had to be about showing this band live, giving them a digital stage. You know, we didn't have the luxury of, of them playing at Glastonbury. Um, so we had to bring that live experience to fans, which is why we shot a lot of live video. Um, the second thing was about this idea of, of fans, right? And um, they were talking about in this session about how when they play a hometown show, they actually hand deliver tickets to fans. And you heard a couple of clips in that, in that audio clip of you know, them actually going and, and dod knocking on doors and, and handing over tickets. And we're like, wow, that's, that's really is going the extra mile. Uh, they kind of really had built up this really loyal, small but loyal fan base in Birmingham. Uh, you also heard in that clip, you heard the um, guy who runs their rehearsal studios, Rabanners, uh, in Birmingham, talking about his kind of affection for the band and their previous boss as well. Um, he, you know, we'd worked as a, a sort of um, builders and 
uh, decorators company and, and he helped them out uh, obviously giving them flexibility to make their music whilst also working and also helping them out with music videos so he, he gave them a location to shoot their, mess, their first video so these kind of people were really behind them um, and that was really powerful um, what we also discovered pretty early on was that not only did this band have a Facebook page and you know the, the Twitter pages and all the things you'd expect but they also had a, a fan a Facebook group as well so it, a dedicated team of fans set up this Facebook group and there's also a Twitter feed as well and we're talking about the band and sharing and helping promote the content. So tapping into this audience and getting these guys on board seemed a really important thing to do. So I actually spoke to the, the girl who, who ran the Facebook group and said, like, you know, let me explain what we're trying to do. Let me explain how we want to work with Spotify because I think the, kind of, the general feeling uh, for most people, not just, not just her, was that Spotify was evil, you know, it wasn't giving income to, to artists, and, and you, know, you can kind of get blindsided by the, the Taylor Swift headlines saying, actually, you know, we're not making enough money. Well, Taylor Swift might, might not be making enough money because she's probably used to selling millions of records, which are now you know, obviously in decline. But for our band, who've never sold a millions of records, actually Spotify was potentially a way of making them sustainable. So once you understood that, and uh, we got we got the um, the Broken Wood Rebelers, as they're called, on, engaged and sharing the band's playlists, making playlists, we saw almost overnight a quite a dramatic shift in the volume of plays and the volume of playlisting of the band on Spotify. And straight away, you know, another step towards that idea of sustainability through Spotify. So. On the back of that session, we decided we had to go and spend a day with the band up in Birmingham uh, to, to really create content, which would form the basis of our, our storytelling on our social channels, so Facebook uh, and YouTube and Twitter and so forth. So uh, that's what we did. We, uh, we took ourselves um, on the train, so myself, Sophie and, and Mel Mould, uh, another girl who works uh, on the project at NBC, who uh, outside of NBC is also a fashion blogger, a Media Marmalade. Uh, check out her blog. Uh, so she took some incredible photos of the band. We took about a thousand photos. Um, we also shot about fifty videos, so a mixture of interviews. So talking about you know where they grew up, um, how they wrote their songs, how their inspiration behind tracks and their EPs. We went to like their um, their uh, estate where they grew up. Went to like the, the location for their first music video. Went to where they played their first gig together. We went to all these places to really tell the story of the band. Again, remember, we're trying to make the band famous, not one track. So getting under the skin and really bringing their personalities to life was going to be really important. And we knew that actually if we spend any time with this band, they are incredibly funny. So, and that wasn't coming across on their Facebook. When we did our initial research to say, well, what are they doing? And we ordered all those channels. We said that it all felt very flat. There was no emotion in there. So we needed to inject some emotion, some humour into that process. So we jumped on the train and went up to Birmingham. Filming uh, Breaking With Rebels in the, rain. in the rain, going to all their places of old school, their first gig venue. It's always the same, I'm playing a game, I'm feeling the shape in the cold night. And I will be kissing, we'll be kissing. We are currently on the Rotunda building, we're on the balcony here, and I'm shitting myself. I don't want to lose my hat. Oh my god. This is Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Had like a, an acoustic jam session in the uh, apartment. Last night, all filmed. Now we're gonna head back to London. Figure out what to do with it. Figure out what to do with it, yeah, it's it. Just 
just working out some content for yeah. our content calendar. Music video is looking really exciting. I'm organising a Vivo channel. Also thinking about content that we're going to be capturing throughout the journey to show the Rebel story. Splitting up the different band members and doing video content for each of them. You could use Instagram to like kind of give behind the scenes. Yeah. Strategising the narrative for our can story. Kind of tell the story about the fact that they suddenly quit their jobs and they're like really making a go of it and kind of do like a day to day. This is the magic. So when we got back from Birmingham, we did two things. First of all, we created a content calendar. So we did, edited down our 1,000 photos and our 50 music videos. Um, so we had a plan to release that content over a 10-week period. We got each member of the band taking control of Facebook for a, a week at a time, getting them creating inspiration playlists. We got lots of embedded Spotify players. We got our live music videos. You know, again, giving lots of stories and chances to promote the entire back catalogue. Um, the second thing we did was we, we held a social media uh, how-to workshop with the band, showing them uh, and giving them a, a practical guide to, to kind of use social media, say how to use Instagram versus Facebook and Twitter, what's the role of each channel. So again, post-project would have something to, to use and rely on uh, and, and obviously help them out. Uh, right, so we're going to play uh, another track. This is Guns. Uh, this is the current single. And we actually made a music video for them as part of part of the project uh, say this was um, part of the story so obviously a hero piece of content we wanted to make it sound exciting and feel exciting um, but we didn't just want to focus on one song so throughout the campaign I say we were really promoting all of those tracks as well but this is Guns by Broken Wit Rebels <laughs>
So we sold the idea into Cannes. Uh, we'd obviously got our band, MC were on board. Uh, we'd created a, a ton of content from our trip to Birmingham, um, but we, we kind of needed something else. We needed the partners. How are we going to deliver this? How are we going to get the scale and the fame that we wanted uh, for our band? Remember that first objective, you know, to give this band more listeners and a digital digital stage for their music. So, um, you know, we're a partnership agency. That's what we should be doing, right? So we started by having conversations with, I guess, the kind of traditional music partners. So every unsigned band, independent artist would would be having some kind of content on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and SoundCloud and Spotify. So we spoke to all of those guys and said, right, how can you help us, right? And our sort of pitch to them was to say, we want to help you showcase the new things you're doing uh, on your platforms, the new formats, advertising formats, new technologies, new insight tools, uh, and allow you to use this project as a case study for the things you're doing as well. Because remember, again, working on this project, you know, we can we can talk about all the results. There's no secrecy here. We're not, we're not Coca-Cola. We're not going to ban you from doing stuff. You can do whatever you want. Um, so for lots of our clients, the chance to, to get something away for the first time was really compelling. You know, we didn't have any complicated sign-off processes with clients. They could pick up the phone to myself and Sophie and say, hey, do you want to do this new thing on Facebook or this new thing with Shazam? And we were like, absolutely, let's, let's just do it tomorrow. So we did. Um, so originally we approached uh, 50 different companies, which is pretty incredible in 10 weeks. And we ended up working with about 30 of them. Um, and you can imagine when you're working with that volume of, of partners uh, over such a short space of time, 10 weeks, it's going to get pretty hectic at some points and it's going to get pretty messy. Um, and uh, there were a few meltdowns. Um, and we're going to talk about those in a second. I'm going to play a little clip. Um, but I just kind of want to go back to that, that first conversation we had with Facebook. Getting Facebook on board was going to be really important to the delivery of this project because, you know, they can make and break everything, right? So I had a call and I remember um, telling them a story of what we wanted to do. And um, to be honest with you, the call didn't go too, too well. And at the end, I, I wasn't convinced that they really understood what we were trying to do. I don't think they really knew what I was asking for either. So uh, hang up the call and, and thought, Christ, what, what have I done here? Because if this doesn't work, then we are kind of scuppered here. Uh, so I wrote quite an impassioned email to Facebook and uh, luckily they came back pretty quickly and said, we get it, don't worry, we're, we're going to support you uh, and we're going to help you. So they gave us um, access to their insight tools. Um, they wanted us to showcase their, their Facebook Live technology uh, and they also gave us some advertising credit as well so we could really promote the band on Facebook. Uh, and really did kickstart the whole project. So Facebook were brilliant. And uh, yeah, but as I said, there were a few challenges along the way. So I'm thinking I could play you another little audio clip of some of the meltdowns and some of the challenges we've faced. I'm not having a very good day. Really busy day. Meeting, meeting, meeting. Hence the wine. How often are you dreaming about this project? Most nights, I dreamt that I managed to get banned Box. I dreamt that I were featured in Coronation Street in the Rose Return having drinks with Gail and Audrey. It's before six o'clock in the morning. I think I woke up at half five dreaming about music videos. Oh, I dreamt that we got packed walking along in Cat because I got so famous. So hopefully that will happen and then I will also be famous, which is ultimately the dream. So this morning I woke up sweating, dreaming about this project. I'm worrying about things we need to do this week. Um, I need to crack the treatment, the band aren't happy, it's bad, so this is Project Rebel Sleep. What are you doing, Nev? Having a meltdown. Why? What's happening? This is a signal in our office. 
just a communications agency. <laughs> so I got overexcited when I heard about Facebook giving us loads of free money, and then I tried to make a sandwich, and this happened to my thumb. I just had some news from Brantley Girl, but we're not on his tour, so I've just started living in the shed now. Obviously not great news as the band were supporting them for like four dates, including Shepherd's Wish Empire on Sunday, which is where we were planning to do our live streaming from. I hate Brantley Gilbert. Do you think of old Brantley Gilbert then? Yeah. Old Brantley Gilbert? Yeah. BG Nation? I've heard of him. Gibson, who were going to give away a free guitar as part of a Metro competition, pulled out. Top managers cancelled their meeting with me. They've gone all fucking devil wears Prada on it. Got more important things to do. Oh, I'm just looking at some of these lovely, um, we're having a great response on YouTube. Just bad. Dead music. <laughs> on my personally, it's chubby bastard. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. How can they rip off so many bands at once? That's about it for me today. So I think we worked out during the course of this campaign, we sent around about 11,500 emails. Uh, we had about 320 coffees probably. Uh, over 90 meetings um, and so many sleepless nights. Uh, and uh, yeah, Sophie lost a thumb as well. So um, a dangerous project to work on at times, um, but a very rewarding project. And uh, I should point out at this point that he, um, the audio clips you've been listening to in this, the show were originally videos and they were produced by a company called CNET. And uh, we used it throughout the entire project to document uh, the whole journey, the whole 10 weeks. So the band all had uh, scenic logins for their mobile phones so they could film video clips, talking about how they were feeling, uh, and all that content obviously had been, been pushed down and, and created into these wonderful little audio clips you're hearing now. Um, and so yeah, thanks to Scenic for actually you know, really powering this project. Absolutely brilliant to have them on board and, and such a good tool, perfect for this kind of project. Right, so I'm going to talk about some of the results. So we've worked with over 30 partners and uh, so much stuff happened in this campaign. So I'm going to give you a bit of a flavour of the sorts of things we did. Um, the first thing we did was we, we tried to optimise all their existing social media pages. So the descriptions, the images, the tags, the link, the contact details, making sure everything was, was consistent and up to date and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we worked with our SEO team who... I don't understand half of what they do, but they, they do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and the, the output of their work was actually traffic to the band's website increased by 56% during the course of this project, which is pretty impressive in itself. Um, and uh, across all of their social media, we, we saw a dramatic increase. That first uh, clip of Low, which we played at the start of the show, the live version of Low, that's, that's a video, you can find it on the band's Facebook page. When we first put that up, that achieved over 130,000 views and 110 shares in less than 24 hours. Um, so that was pretty an amazing start, really, to this, this campaign. And uh, the results on Facebook were pretty staggering, too. So um, we doubled, almost tripled, the number of Facebook fans they had in the 10-week campaign. Uh, and we increased engagement by over 300%. And a lot of that was to do with using video. Uh, so getting more video content, bringing the brand's personality to life, rather than, say, static links. On Instagram, we bought a kind of consistent start to the, to the page and also included some playful gifts as well to, again, bring out that kind of playful side of the band. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, say that, that content in Birmingham really did power us through uh, the 10 weeks. Um, the other thing we did um, was we uh, planned and executed a nationwide outdoor digital advertising campaign. 
um, which at the start was was an absolute dream. We said, you know, if we could get just one advert, it'd be amazing. You know, maybe outside one gig venue or something. Uh, it became a nationwide campaign, and um, we how that worked was that um, within NBC, obviously, we worked with lots of the, um, well, in fact, all of the outdoor media contractors. Uh, so by getting one on board, we actually fortunately got all of them on board. And they all helped us put together this campaign. It's called filler inventory. So when an advert has not been bought, there's a gap. Uh, and in that gap, we put our advert. So we designed the advert. Um, we, we used the photos taken in Birmingham to do that. Uh, and because fans were so important to this campaign, um, we uh, used fan quotes on the advert. So in Birmingham, the, the strap line was very much made in Birmingham. Uh, we had a, a quote from a fan rather than a journalist, as you would typically have on a, on a billboard. Um, or an ad, and uh, we also had the logos of Rabanners, member of the rehearsal room, um, and uh, a logo for the, the building company that gave the guys jobs when they were really struggling, and also uh, a logo for the actress and Bishop, which is the venue they played their first gig and still had very fond memories of. So really getting Birmingham behind the band uh, from the start was, was really important, so that's what we did. Um, that campaign, that outdoor advertising campaign, uh, reached 23 million people. Um, staggering stuff and we're still seeing the impact of that now actually so we're still having calls with people and emails from people saying hey you know what I saw the band on a billboard um, so powerful stuff and proof that um, advertising works um, but we can't just go there we can't just rest up on our laurels there that was just very much just an awareness building uh, piece of content it wasn't going to do much more than that so how do we go beyond that well one of the things we did was obviously Spotify was key to our campaign so we worked with a company called Broken English uh, and they created a um, uh, a Spotify playlisting tool, uh, so fans could interact with the band on this on this kind of website, which was attached to the band's website. Uh, create their own uh, best of Broken Bad Rebels playlist, include some other tracks, some other artists as well. A whole catalogue from Spotify could be could be dragged and dropped. Uh, and the more people interacted with this playlisting tool, the more colour fl- uh, flooded into the the artwork on the site, um, which was the Georgia Pine EP artwork. And when it reached the top, someone won the prize. So a great way of just getting people to, to playlist and to share and uh, you know, interact with the band. And again, I so say we wanted to create this sustainable model. We wanted to get to that figure where the band were actually earning a decent amount of money from Spotify that they could carry on making music. Now, we were never going to do that totally realistically in, in 10 weeks, but we, you know, put that plan in place was absolutely key. Uh, and our results on Spotify... We're pretty incredible, really. So from a standing start, almost, the band now feature on about 40,000 playlists, right? 40,000 playlists feature their music. Um, so that's fans, that's the band's playlist, but largely fans are sharing music around the internet, creating a real buzz. Um, Guns, you, you heard just a few minutes ago, um, was the, you know, the current single. Uh, that was actually the ninth most playlisted and shared track in the UK during, during July. Uh, so incredible impact of that fan buzz. Uh, we had um, we tripled the number of monthly plays the band had on Spotify during that time. We also worked with the uh, Metro newspaper, and uh, I spoke earlier about you know kind of doing things for the first time. We were the first people to have a Shazamable advert on the front page of the Metro because we were working with Metro, we were working with Shazam, and we said, hey, let's try and do something together. So we did. We got it away, and uh, it gave the chance for fans to win tickets to see the band play at Latitude or the Isle of Wight, which was fantastic. Uh, then we went one step further, and we were also the first to do uh, make use of the uh, JC Deco uh, Bluetooth uh, beacons uh, outdoor advertising. So you know you could literally go up to a, a billboard and Shazam it, and again win tickets to the Isle of Wight or Latitude. Incredible.
So we knew from the start that we had to really build this kind of momentum around the band uh, and things like the newspaper stuff and the outdoor ads were kind of, you know, building awareness, but maybe not building as so much engagement. So using our kind of digital stage partners was really key. So we worked really closely with Facebook, as we've said already, and Twitter, uh, embedding Spotify players, getting people talking about the band, sharing the music. At one point, we had about uh, a tweet about Broken Root Rebels every four minutes. Um, we had um, uh, Yahoo put the video for guns on the front page of Yahoo. We had a Tumblr homepage takeover and really tapping into the Tumblr music communities. Um, we had, uh, what else we have? We had a front page of Shazam, which reached out to the UK and France. Um, and um, probably the most exciting thing for me, I think, was getting the video for guns on the front page of YouTube. When we started this project, we were like, if we could get an unsigned band on the front page of YouTube, how incredible would that be? Uh, and we managed to achieve it. Um, so using our kind of media power and our relationships with Google, we were able to, to unlock that. So for 24 hours, guns were spinning on the front page of YouTube. And, and after that 24-hour period, we had almost you know, half a million plays, which is actually incredible uh, for an unsigned band. Absolutely brilliant. And um, I think one of the other things which we, we recognised was that we, we had to take the band kind of out of, out of category, as we'd say, into culture. So you can't just talk about music all the time. You have to kind of make it feel more culturally relevant. Uh, so the lifestyle around it was just as important, which is why we shot so many of those videos in Birmingham about their story. Um, but we worked with some kind of lifestyle partners as well. So we, we approached BuzzFeed. Um, so BuzzFeed did a, a live um, streaming session um, through their Facebook page using Facebook Live. Um, and those guys were kind of really keen to get on board, having seen um, the, the YouTube Video. So having seen you know, the buzz around that, they were like, well, we want a part of that. You know, so that really helped. But that, um, that BuzzFeed video, I think, was watched by about 20,000 people in one day, which is pretty incredible. Uh, we booked the band a show with Safer Sounds, and we've actually just come back and played the second Safer Sound show in London. And if, if you've ever been to a Safer Sound show, but absolutely a, a brilliant kind of music location, a really chance to you know, sit down and, and watch and just hear bands without all the interruption. But, you know, people aren't talking at the bar. Everyone is focused on the music. Um, and a great way to introduce a band to a slightly younger, um, maybe slightly cooler audience as well, you know, the people who are really into, really into their music, you know, um, which is fantastic. Uh, we also worked with J Media. Uh, so, again, another sort of lifestyle channel. We created a piece of uh, content about the band playing FIFA and singing at the same time. <laughs> the creative idea was, you know, men can't do two things at once, so let's see if we can disprove that. And, uh, yeah, Broken World was can, apparently. Um, uh, Danny was playing J Media uh, at FIFA, and you'll hear him clip in a second, which I'm going to play, uh, a moment where he's singing and then scoring on FIFA at the same time. Brilliant stuff indeed. And um, I guess one of the final things really for us was, was creating a real-world impact. Um, so, you know, all this online buzz is one thing, but how can it translate into the real world? And, um, you know, during this project, we managed to get the band to Latitude, uh, to, to Why Not Festival, um, and... Um, also, the Unsigned Music Awards in October, which is coming up soon. Um, and we said at the start, we, we weren't going to focus on radio because we couldn't influence radio as a media agency. Um, but interestingly enough, we did actually end up getting a bit of radio, which was kind of interesting. So what happened was um, Planet Rock um, had actually uh, found out that the band's video had been on the front page of YouTube and came out of their playlisting meeting and said, you know what, well, we, we've got to feature this band. So they A-listed... Guns. So Guns suddenly went from, you know, just being a track from an unsigned band to being A-listed on Planet Rock, which is incredible. The same thing happened with Radio Excess in Manchester. Uh, so again, A-listed on that station 
amazing radio uh, who I absolutely love. Um, they, you, you can upload a track for free, so no radio plug-in involved, no, no money spent on that. Uh, so they managed to get one play on the audition show with Charlie Ashcroft, and then the fans kicked in. So the fans voted that song to the top, and then the song was playlisted. So again, without spending a penny on radio, they managed to pick up actually quite a decent amount of radio. Uh, and Amazing Radio went one step further and actually put the band uh, and that track guns on their um, international network so we got play across America as well. So absolutely brilliant stuff. But for all these big numbers, you know, and all these big titles and getting the video here and the content there, um, with BuzzFeed and Twitter and Shazam, um, the question probably remains in your head. is like, well, did we achieve our target? Did we break the band? Um, and I'll be totally honest with you, I think that the breaking the band kind of challenge or headline uh, is something which has kind of been dreamt up very much by the kind of the PR company to make this feel, you know, like a, a, a more interesting project maybe. Um, for me, breaking a band meant delivering against our objective, so getting more people to listen to the band and say putting this, this promotional model in place that they could actually start in the future, start actually earning a sustainable income. But everyone wants a headline, right? So um, I'm going to actually leave the band to tell you what they think happened uh, and also deliver, I guess, the final piece of news of this project. Over to them. Yeah. I can't believe this, Emmy. Ay ay, broken with rebels. Ay ay, ay ay. Oh, that looks so good. Oh my god. So fantastic to see your son on a billboard. I've been all over the place looking at them. We went into the Metro newspaper. And look who's at the top. A little Birmingham wagon loop drives to get us around to Brom. Home page of Yahoo. Okay, so the low video is now live on Facebook. Um, we've had 139,000 views, um, 380 likes, uh, and over 100 shares uh, in just 24 hours. We want to thank everyone that has watched, clicked, liked our new video of Low. If you want to check out our Spotify playlist, which is my personal favourite tracks and which has inspired the band. Just checking how many people have viewed the BuzzFeed live stream. 7,000 on one, 9,000 on another. Classic rock. And you turn to page 23. Boom! I've just come in and it's on the radio. Yeah! We're Broken With Rebels and we are delighted to announce that we now have two major record deal offers on yeah. One of which is from Universal Music Group. And we're, we're just overwhelmed. We, we can't believe that it's come to this and, and it, it's down to you. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. It's hard to believe that 10 weeks we had nothing like this. Thank you guys. Thank you, MEC. Cheers, thank you very thank much you. for making Cheers. our dreams come true. So a very exciting end to a fantastic project. That was Project Rebel. It took 10 weeks of my life and probably aged me by about 50 years. Um, but one of the most rewarding um, projects, well, without doubt, the most rewarding project I've ever worked on. And um, congratulations to the band. But a dose of realism here, okay, right? Um, they've got some deals on the table. There's more conversations going on with some, some new record labels as well. 
but this is not the end, right? Breaking a band doesn't really mean anything. Let's, let's be absolutely clear. When you've signed a deal, you don't suddenly just become rich and successful. Uh, the band right now are touring around the UK and are penniless, right? So we, we've set in place a, a promotional model, but if we continue to, to work on this Spotify angle, we can build up an income for them. Uh, but it doesn't mean they're there yet. It really doesn't. And I guess um, what I wanted to say to, to any unsigned band or independent artist listening to the show is just think just for a second about what works for you, right? So before you, you go off and spend all your money on all the things you've been told you need to spend your money on, radio pluggers, PR people, um, you know, bankrupting yourself, think actually, you know what, right now we could do a lot more ourselves by building up communities of interest with our fans, getting our fans interested, getting our fans engaged, um, and if you can do that and you can create enough of a buzz, then then maybe you can come back to a point where it makes financial sense to start spending lots of money on radio pluggers. But don't just do it um, from the outset. Um, I know I know you don't all have access to you know the great media opportunities we did in this project, but the basic principles of understanding your audience, creating content, creating video clips, all shot on mobile phones, that all can be done for very little money. So f- please think creatively and uh, we hope in the future that we can do more of these kind of projects with more of these kind of artists right we're going to leave you with one final track um this is uh, broken rebels of course um from the howling ep and this is shake me down Until we pay, we'll 
Just leaves me with one final job, and that's to thank everyone for helping deliver this project. Uh, Sophie and I had a dream, uh, but we really couldn't have delivered it without the support of Mel, Laura, Abby, George, Garode, Chelsea, Tudor, John, Claire, Richard, Matt, Jeremy, Sarah, Alistair, Andy, Natalie, Mikey, Steve, and of course, all of our partners. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. hope you found it interesting. If you want to uh, ask some questions or further debate, then obviously get in touch via um, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, or the contact page on Right Call Music, drop me a note and uh, we'll be in touch. Um, we'll be back very soon with a, a normal version of Lost on Radio, so we'll celebrate and champion, as we always do, the best unsigned and independent talent from around the world. Until then, thanks again for listening. Listen back to all previous episodes of Lost on Radio at rightcordmusic.com or subscribe for free at iTunes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.